This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. When you get up in the morning, right at sunrise, and the sun is shining in your window, you know, I've often thought, maybe that's God's way of saying good morning. And when you get up to leave your home that day, do you care that sunshine with you? Are you radiating the sunlight of your life wherever you go? Or do you brighten up the room by leaving the room? We want to think about that today. We want to talk about having sunshine in your soul. I'm Billy Lambert, and I want to welcome you to Getting to Know Your Bible. I want you to stay tuned today because we're going to be talking about something that will help us live better lives. I want to uh, also mention that we have a free Bible correspondence course that we're offering today, and, and we want to pause long enough that you can learn something about the course and how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. It is so good to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and I'm excited about our subject today, having sunshine in your soul. Well, when you think about sunshine, I think about something that Jesus uh, taught in the Sermon on the Mount in the fifth chapter of Matthew 14 to 16, where Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth a light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Jesus said, let your light shine. But how do we have that light? How will we have sunshine in our souls. I want to give you some practical things today. First of all, to have sunshine in your soul, you need to recognize that you belong to God, body and soul. In 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, in verse 19 and verse 20, Paul said, know, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, or that is the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, but you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, 
which are God's. You see, that's telling us that my body belongs to God. I belong to God, body and soul. And one of the things that I learned from this, these two passages is this, that so long as I live in this body, I am to glorify the Father in heaven. Now, the way we do that begins with our minds. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we become the products of what we have in our minds. At any given point in my life and in your life, our body responds to what we are thinking about. And if I'm thinking now that my arm needs to be moving, that's in my mind, first of all, and then my mind tells my arm to move. My body is controlled by the things that I think about. Therefore, I need to think about good things. Now, how am I going to do that? By developing the right mindset. We need to have, as Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, the mind of Christ. Have the disposition of Christ. Have the attitude of Christ. Have the spirit of Christ. And when I have the mind of Christ, I have the disposition of Christ, I have the spirit of Christ, then my thinking is going to be control, controlling what I do in my physical body. We do what the mind directs us to do. If we think about something long enough, we're, we're going to do that. For example, if I think long enough uh, about reading and studying the Bible, eventually I'm going to get around to studying the Bible. If I think about that I need to take time to pray, then I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray. If an individual spends day after day, week after week, thinking about bad things, eventually the thoughts that they are entertaining are going to lead them in the wrong direction. So first of all, if I'm going to have sunshine in my soul, I have to understand that I am to control the physical body in which I live. That's why Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, that I buffet my body and bring it into subjection, lest after having preached to others that I myself should be a castaway. Well, what's Paul saying? Paul's saying, I don't want to waste the, the, the good that I'm trying to do, but not living right in my physical body. So I bring my body under control, but through the thoughts that I entertain in my life, and therefore I can glorify God in my body. Now, to have sunshine in your soul, first of all, you've got to understand, folks, you belong to God. People are talking about, this is my body. I will do with my body what I please. But I, I, I beg to differ. Your body is God's body. And you are to use your body in a way that brings glory and honor to God. Now, here's another thought about having sunshine in your soul. You're going to have to start associating with people who are enthusiastic about God. What kind of associates do you have? 
are the people that you associate with really enthusiastic about God? Now, I read this little story about the mama skunk and the baby skunks. And they were walking by a paper mill. And if you have ever lived close to a paper mill, or if you've ever worked at one, I did before I went off to college, and I can tell you they emit an odor like nothing, nothing you've ever smelled. And so the baby skunk said to the mama skunk, Ooh, mama, what is that I smell? And she said to the baby skunk, I don't know, honey, but whatever it is, I've got to have some of it. Well, we need to live such exuberant, happy, joyful, uh, enthusiastic lives for God that people will see you and they'll say, I don't know what that guy has. I don't know what that woman has, but I'll tell you one thing, I want some of it. We need to be enthusiastic about God and we need to associate with people who are enthusiastic about God. I heard a man make a speech one time and, and in the speech he told about a time that he was going down the highway and he started seeing signs all along the way that said, See Rock City. He said those signs were on fence posts they were on the sides of barns. They even had those signs painted on the tops of barns. Well, he said, I had a little extra time on my hands. And he said, I'd never seen Rock City before, so I decided that while I was in the area, I would see it. Now, he said, I stopped to get some gasoline before I went up to see Rock City. And he said, while I, the young man came out to assist me and and I, so I asked him, I said, Son, what, what is there up at Rock City? And his response was, Mister, there ain't nothing up there but a bunch of rocks. He said, I paid for my fuel, got in my car, and I left. And he said, I still don't know what there is at Rock City. He said here they had all of these signs like magnets drawing you into Rock City and then they had this guy pumping gas down at the foot of the Rock City and he was turning people away just as fast as they got there with his attitude. We can turn people away from Jesus if we don't have the right attitude. We need to be enthusiastic in the living of the Christian life. And we need to, to avoid people that put our light out. We need to associate people who will help us to, to, to live a positive, joyful, happy, productive life. You know, we live in a negative world. Have you ever thought about how negative our world really is? Well, the, the guy comes on to give you the forecast, and he says, You know, I hate to tell you today, there's going to be a 20 percent chance of rain today. Why in the world doesn't he say there's an 80 percent chance of sunshine? It's because we are geared up to the negative in our world. And, and I remember my, my precious mother, now gone to be with the Lord, and if there's ever been a godly woman, she was. But I'd leave to go to school, and the last thing she'd tell me as I'd go out the door was this, Now, son, don't you get run over today. Negative. Negative. Our world is geared to the negative today. 
we as God's people and people who believe in God and believe in Jesus and believe the Bible, of all people in the world, there ought to be a joy in our hearts that is so evident. You know, Paul wrote in Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You see, joy is an inside job. So if you want sunshine in your soul, you want to live a life where your life is filled with joy and, and you're just beaming as you go through life. Associate with people who are enthusiastic about God. And then you rub off on them and they rub off on you. Here's a third suggestion. And that is you need to join the smile and the compliment club. Now suppose this happened to you uh, tomorrow. Suppose your telephone rings, you answer the telephone, and the person on the other end says this to you, I just wanted to call you and tell you what a wonderful person I think you are. I, I wanted you to know that I think you're one of the nicest people that I've ever known in all of my life. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Let me ask you something. What kind of day would you have tomorrow? Wouldn't you have a better day because someone's told you they think you're one of the nicest people they've ever met? Well, if, if you were going to bake a cake, ladies, don't you think you'd bake a better one? Because somebody told me they're one of the, I'm one of the nicest persons that they have ever known in all of their life. Guys, if you were going to get out and mow the lawn, wouldn't you do a better job of mowing the lawn because somebody told me what a good person I am. Folks, we need to learn to, to, to smile and we need to learn to compliment people. The way we see people is the way we treat people. And the way we treat people is what they become. There was a study made of some rats, and they, all of these rats came out of the same litter. And they separated them into two groups, and in one group, they had rats that they treated those like they were geniuses. And the other, the other group of rats, well, they treated them like they were just not all there. And when they treated the rats that were, they treated them like geniuses and they, that, that, those rats could get through the, a maze and get down to the cheese just in nothing flat because they, they had seen them as geniuses, they treated them like they were geniuses and, and they performed like they were. But the other rats, they didn't treat them like they were geniuses, they didn't see them that way, they didn't treat them that way and they didn't act that way. They just acted just like ordinary not real smart rats. Let me ask you a question. What kind of neighbors do you have? Let, let me ask you a question. What kind of children do you have? Folks, the way we see people is the way we treat people. And the way we treat people so often is the way people perform. We, we need to learn to love people. We need to learn to smile at people. We need to learn to, to compliment people when they do something good. 
You want to have sunshine in your soul. You've got to learn to be a people person. So something else that's invaluable in learning to, uh, to, to have sunshine in your soul and to radiate the sunshine of Jesus wherever you go, you've got to learn to give more than you receive. Now let me say what Jesus said. Jesus said in Acts 20, 35, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now there isn't anything wrong with receiving, but there is a greater blessing in giving. Maybe you remember the phrase for which John Fitzgerald Kennedy is known, say not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I tell young people this. The world doesn't owe you anything. Nothing. Nothing. You owe the world something. And you owe the world the very best that you can perform. And we need to learn to give more than we get than we were seen. In my 1976, I had opportunity to go over to the Bible lands, and, and I remember going and seeing the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee receives water from uh, probably snow melting on top of the mountains and other tributaries that would flow into it. And there's life in the Sea of Galilee. As a matter of fact, I remember eating a fish that was caught in the Sea of Galilee. And I had never in my life eaten a fish that had still had the head on it, but I did there. I had someone ask me one day, Billy, how could, you, how could you eat a fish and it still had the head on it? Well, it was very simple. I took a napkin, I covered his head, and I ate the rest of him. But see, there's life in the Sea of Galilee. And then from the Sea of Galilee going south, there, there's the Jordan River. And the Jordan River flows into what is called the Dead Sea. Now the Dead Sea receives water from the Jordan River, but there is no outlet to the Dead Sea. It is always receiving, but it is never giving. Hence it's called the Sea where there's no life, that is the Dead Sea. And so our lives don't need to be always receiving from other people. We need to be giving. You know, in Luke 6, 38, Jesus said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall man, men give into your bosoms. One translation says, Give into your lap. Give and you shall receive. Give and you shall receive. It shall be given to you. Someone says, well, Billy, what's the it in that passage? What do you need? Do you need love? Why don't you give love? You need forgiveness? You give forgiveness. You need understanding? You be understanding of other people. You see, we need to give more than we receive. If you want sunshine in your soul, this is a principle Jesus taught that is so vital in our lives today. And then a next op observation I want to make is if you want sunshine in your soul, learn to love yourself. 
Suppose I ask you right now, let's just imagine that we're sitting in your den or maybe we're in your, some other part of your home and, and or maybe, maybe I'm, just imagine that I'm there with you and we're sitting around your kitchen table and we're, we're, we're drinking a cup of coffee and, and, and then I ask you this question. Do you really love yourself? Do you really? I mean, deep down in your soul, do you love yourself? Je Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 39 to love your neighbor like you love yourself. Now, Jesus is not talking about having a selfish spirit about yourself or being a selfish person. I think Jesus is talking there about seeing ourselves like God sees us and see us as a person made in the image of God. And we have a purpose in living. And we need to love ourselves. I, I think there are a lot of ways that we can demonstrate that love for ourselves. And, and one of those ways is to learn to accept yourself. I have an idea that if I were to ask you personally, is there anything about your life you would like to change? Is there anything about your body that you would like to change? You say, well, yes, Brother Lambert, I, I, I've always been so short. And I've always just had this desire to, to be tall. Or I've always been tall, and I've always wanted to, to, to just be an average height. Let me suggest that you learn to accept the way you are. Accept yourself. Because you see, if you're short, you can't change it. If you're tall, you can't change it. You must accept things the way they are. You, you say, well, there are other things about me that I really don't like. I don't, I, I, I don't like my background. I don't like, I, I don't like things about the, the, the way that I was reared. Learn to accept the way you are today. Accept yourself. And if there are things about your life that you do not like, they can be changed and improved upon. But accept yourself and learn to forgive yourself. Now, God is a forgiving God. He's always been like that. Isaiah 1.18, even in the Old Testament, He said, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God says, Hey, you mess up, I'm going to forgive you. You repent of it and I'll forgive you. And guess what? He's the same God today. And the reason Jesus went to the cross is to, in order that we might have a way to be forgiven of our sins. I think about Paul's statement in Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Do you ever feel really, really bad about some things you've done in the past? Well, yes, Brother Lambert, I really do, and it haunts me. I had a neighbor one time who had killed people in war. He actually had taken uh, things from those dead people that he killed, and, and, and now he's an older man, and, and, and that past is haunting him, and he can't forget about it, and he can't forgive himself. 
God can forgive. He forgives us because of Jesus. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And when we respond to that love of God as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a repentant believer in Jesus Christ, as a believer who's willing to confess the name of Jesus before men, and we submit to baptism in water for the salvation of our souls because Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's one, two, three. He that believeth one is baptized two shall be saved, number three. Then what you've got to do is to accept your acceptance, to receive your reception. God receives you, God forgives you, but likely the most difficult person to be forgiven is yourself. You've got to learn to love yourself if you're going to have sunshine in your soul. Don't, don't be a rainy day. Have sunshine in your life, in your soul. Then you've got to learn to save yourself. On the day of Pentecost, as recorded in the second chapter of Acts, Peter said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. So there's something we must do to save ourselves. And that leads me to this final point. You must deal with your eternity. 10,000 years from now, you're going to be somewhere in eternity. And if you give your life to Christ today by believing on Him, by repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Him, by being baptized into Christ, and you live for Him a committed life to Jesus, then heaven will be your home someday. Let me urge you to have sunshine in your soul today. Have a great day. And I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And, and please visit the Church of Christ in your community and also right now pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible correspondence course. Or if you prefer, if you prefer, you can take it online. But whatever you do, receive this Bible course. It will help you in your journey to eternity. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.